I would be shocked if you haven't heard of the Lost Dutchman Mine. Even if you don't know the details, it's one of the greatest legends of the American West, and the tale has passed down from generation to generation for over a century and a half. But no gold has ever been found. At this point, the treasure is more myth than fact. What isn't myth, though, is that people have died searching for the Lost Dutchman Mine. But what's the real story behind this legend? Because every expert will tell you something completely different. Here's a quote from an article written by P.C. Bicknell in 1894. More than 30 years ago, so the story goes, two German prospectors came to Arizona. And in the secluded spot above mentioned, they found six Mexicans working a rich gold mine. The ore was so rich and the gold so plentiful that the Dutch prospectors were determined to get possession of the claim. They did so by the speediest method, by killing the Mexicans. Dead men tell no tales. This is a study of strange. Welcome to A Study of Strange. I'm Michael, and today I'm joined by Alexandra Grunberg, a writer who's based in Scotland now, right? Yes, I'm still in Scotland. And you're originally from the sort of New England East Coast area, correct? Uh, yeah, I grew up in Vermont, so like right on the border with Canada. Uh, and Alex is a is a fantastic writer that I've gotten to know a little bit over the last year working with her on something. And is there anything you want people to know? Where can people find you? What kind of stuff do you want people to know about? Uh, sure. Um, I am a writer. Uh, I've written mostly speculative fiction short stories, and you can find the whole list of those on my website, alexandragrumberg.weebly.com. Um, I'm also the resident screenwriter for Magic Dog Productions. Yeah. I'm a poet, and I'm a researcher. I'm in Scotland because I was getting my doctorate in creative writing at the University of Glasgow. And I have one published peer-reviewed research essay uh, called The Ones Who Walk Away from Hallownest Hollow Knight's Radical Response to the Omelas Dilemma. I'm very into oh. video games, horror, speculative fiction, all the good stuff. Nice. What kind of video games are you into? Oh, right now I'm having a throwback and I'm very into Grand Theft Auto V, but I'd say like my favorite nice. video games are Red Dead Redemption <laughs> 2, Hollow Knight, and Hades. Nice. Well, you know, you mentioned Red Dead Redemption 2, and although it's not a perfect tie into today's episode, it does kind of relate because it is it is Western or cowboys Absolutely. and things. And yeah, today I'm going to dive into the legend of the Lost Dutchman Mine. Did you look this up after I told you what we were doing? Nope, I didn't look up anything. I always think <laughs> nice. more, it was interesting, though, that it's like with a mine, because when I think the Lost Dutchman, I think of like the ship and being out at sea and That's pirates right. and bad omens, the albatross kind of feeling. Absolutely. That's a, I'm going to have to do that at some point on my show, because <laughs> uh, that's a probably the most popular ghost ship story that there is. But no, this is uh, this is unrelated to that. I do want to start off by saying that this story is easily the hardest one I've ever researched for this podcast. 
<laughs> and that is because there are 8 million different versions of <laughs> what the Lost Dutchman mine is, how it started, what's in it, where it could be, if it's found. Almost every year, someone's like, I found the Lost Dutchman gold mine, but there's no gold <laughs> in it. So people claim to have found it. And because there's so many variations, it's just so hard to research. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm hoping to do is not only just kind of feed my own curiosity about this story, but also kind of weed through a lot of the strange variations that have happened through the years and kind of take it back to what I think is the beginning of the modern version of the Lost okay. Dutchman mine. And that's what I'm hoping to do. We'll see. I will say I'm barely going to scratch the surface on it. So here's a little, a little background on the Lost Dutchman mine. Some say the birth of this legend goes back to the Spanish conquistadors. In the 16th century, the Spanish, besides claiming land in the Americas, they were looking for cities of gold, much like other legends like El Dorado or the Lost City of Z, and I think there's a few others. There are too many folk tales based around this topic to go into today, but to suffice to say that generally they involve the Spanish hearing of gold and searching for it in the superstition mountains of Arizona. In reality, the land around the Superstition Mountains, there has been some gold and silver mines in centuries past, but they're considered by experts and geologists today to not be a good source for searching for gold. And this legend of Spanish searching for gold evolved into the Lost Dutchman Mine in the 19th century. And this version of the legend begins around 1846, when Mexican descendants of a land grant, the Peralta family, found a rich gold mine in the superstitions. However, this just happened to coincide with the Mexican-American War, and the land would soon become part of the United States. Worried about this, and or worried about squabbles with the Apache in the area, the, the Peralta's family took as much gold as they could from the mine. They hid the entrance to it, and about 40 years later, it would become known as the Lost Dutchman Mine. And I'm losing my voice a little today. That is great. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just double check? So those mountains are actually called like the Superstition Mountains. That's their official name. Yes. And that adds, I think that adds so much color to this story and why I think it's spread and lasted for so long because the Superstition Mountains, like you can't get better than that. <laughs> uh, so do you have any questions so far? No, no, that was my only question, because it's either a very good omen or a bad one that it's the superstition <laughs> mountains. I don't know if that lends it credence or makes me feel like, hmm, maybe it's not so true. <laughs> that's right. That's right. This part of the story, this Peraltus family, it, it's mostly folktales and made up stories through the years. There is some historical record that there is a Peraltus family. If I remember correctly, they did have some land claims and mining claims, but they were, I think, in Southern California, not in Arizona. But the name, it, it gives a foundation to this legend of the mine. There is some historical record of this family. So whether that's legend or not, or part of it is true and the rest of it is fake, you know, I'm not sure. But the next part of this story, uh, usually, again, this is where there's 800 variations of it. But some of the stories say uh, a Miguel Peralta or a handful of his brothers were attacked by Apaches and killed after trying to bring gold out of the Superstition Mountains. 
And my favorite version of the story is actually the Apache took the gold back, buried it, and hid the mine. Some versions are, of course, like I've already said, the Peraltas hid the mine. Perfect. But it's it's hidden and it's hard to find. That's the important part of it. And whether any of this is true or not, I can't say. But about three to four decades after this supposed event, a man named Jacob Waltz comes to town. And he is known locally as the Dutchman. A lot of times you hear this story as like, oh, it's Americans kind of being stupid about foreigners and they, you know, they take Deutsch and they kind of Americanize the term to Dutch uh, or they just don't know the difference between Dutch and German people. However, looking into it at the time, Dutch was very common in America to refer to German people. Mm -hmm. And there's as many rumors and anecdotes about Waltz as the Peralta's family, but Waltz is real. This is a real guy that really went there. And here's a little bit of a, a biography for him. Jacob Waltz had immigrated from Germany to the United States. He had family that were prospectors. They knew how to mine, the business of mining, and he took an interest in that as well. There are records that he had a number of claims in the American West, and there are plenty of stories revolving around Waltz. Some of them don't make him sound like a very stand-up dude. There's some <laughs> murder and mayhem associated with him, but we don't know the truth. Some legends claim that he lived in the hills as a wild man, but that's not true at all. He arrived in this area of Prescott, Arizona in 1863. He staked some claims. He later moved near Phoenix on 160 acres of land. And in the winter months, the local stories are that he would go into the Superstition Mountains looking for gold. And he would spend months, months at a time there. And then there's stories that Waltz would buy things from time to time with gold ore, and no one knew where he got this gold from. Hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's a woman named Julia Thomas, and the story behind her is she lost her husband. He ran off with a younger woman, and she took over the family business. A lot of accounts say it's a sweet shop, sort of like you know, she sold yummy, yummy things. And Julia and Jacob were friends. And according to some of the stories, Jacob helped pay some of Julia's bills after her husband left. Now, I did not hear that part of the story until I was deep into research on this. I had never so heard that Jacob helped pay for bills, but it does kind of make sense. And in 1891, Waltz's land was flooded. His 160 acres is flooded, as well as a lot of other things in the area. There was a big flood and his, his home is destroyed. And on top of that heartache, Waltz caught pneumonia. And he was old now, and he went into the care of his friend, Julia Wallace. And at her house, he supposedly tells her where he gets his gold from. And this is where a lot of the legend, the modern legend kind of begins. Some other characters in our story start to appear at this time. There's a gentleman named Reinhard Petrash, who was also German. He would go by Reini, was his nickname. <laughs> and he had a brother named Herman. And... The common legend of the time is that Waltz knew his life was going to end soon, and he wanted to share with Julia not only where his gold came from, but he wanted to make sure that she was the one with the knowledge and had the ability to get this gold. And this is where we're going to actually do a little reading, Alex. We're okay. going to do a recreation of the scene that supposedly happened uh, between Jacob Waltz and Julia Thomas as he was dying. So do you want to read Julia or Jake? I can be Julia. Julia, okay. 
So I'll read some sort of like the the action and the scene stuff and waltz, and you can read Julia. All right, you ready? Yes. Nice. Oh boy, wait! I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do an accent. I just really waltz this German. I'm not gonna do an accent. <laughs> I'm gonna mess it all up. Okay, here we go. We're inside Waltz's bedroom at Julia Thomas's house, and Waltz lies in bed. He's coughing, and Julia wipes his forehead with a damp cloth. Try to get some rest, Jacob. I'll leave you be. She stands to leave. Wait, wait. (coughs) There's something I want to tell you. What's that? Look under my bed. There's, There's a box I need you to open. Julia reaches under the bed and pulls out a small chest. She opens it. What am I looking for? You'll know it when you find it. (laughs) Julia lifts something out of the chest. Honest to Pete, gold? There's a vein of gold in the superstitions. So much gold, more than you could ever imagine. I'm the only one that knows where it is, Julia. What are you saying, Jacob? I want you to have it. Where is it? Tell me quickly before you die. I want specific instructions, a map, longitude and latitude, everything you can think of. Don't just tell me vague clues that people will debate for centuries. Got it? Sure. (laughs) Yeah, so supposedly, again, this is how like the legend kind of starts. This is the story that starts to, to spread quickly when Jacob Waltz passes away. And this is the early 1890s is that he was on his deathbed and mm-hmm. he showed gold to Julia out of this box and told her where the mine was. And although, you know, we had some fun with the scene, uh, he definitely only leaves vague clues and imprecise <laughs> information, which is why people are still searching for the mine to this day. So Jacob Waltz passes away. Oh, and I wrote down, I should have said this, Jacob Waltz dies, and the legend of the Lost Dutchman Mine begins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and there's other accounts to this little this little moment in time where uh, some say that that Waltz actually told Julia about the gold before he was dying. It wasn't a deathbed confession, but it was leading up to the end of his life. Some accounts say that he only told Julia where it was and and kind of drew a map and all this kind of stuff. Others say that Reinhardt Patrash was also around with Julia mm. and they both heard tales of where the gold was and how to find it. And however, Waltz shares this. He definitely shares a story with Julia about a mine. No matter which version of the story you believe, he definitely does that. And the gold that was under his bed was real. And we know it was real because it was involved in a lawsuit soon after this. And there's court records of it. And the gold was used to make, I think it's a, a matchbook kind of thing. So the, the gold is people, someone has that matchbook. You can look it up. It is, and it's supposedly made from the gold from under his bed from the Lost Dutchman mine. And uh, that just adds, you know, some value and, and interest in the story over the years, of course. And when Waltz dies, his instructions, they're not specific. There's clues, there's rough estimates. When he names things or talks about visual markings, as people do in the desert, you know, go past the pointy hill to the whatever. A lot of the names that people in the area know for the mountains and various things today, they weren't standard names back then. 
Uh, also, he had a thick German accent, so you can imagine some confusion coming from his directions as well. So from what I can tell, and a lot of what we know about this tale, it comes directly from Julia and the Petrash brothers, because they're the ones that kind of heard it more directly. They're the ones that started to tell it. They uh, it looped in a guy named Jim Bark, who lived in the area. He was a prospector. He had some claims. Jim Bark took notes, and he started to share information about the supposed lost mine. And this is where it starts to spiral and spread. And something we know for sure is Julia and the Petrash brothers, they definitely believed in the mine hardcore, so much so that Julia sold her store and invested money in going out on expeditions to try to find it. Oh, no. And yeah, and during one of the expeditions, Reinhardt's father tagged along and he was so frustrated when they couldn't find it that he destroyed Julia's notes and map. <sighs> so, and those are like the original things. Those are direct from the source of Jacob Waltz and they get destroyed. And today, most of the clues from that time are from Julia and Reinhardt's memory, not <laughs> from that first or second sitting with Jacob Waltz. And the mine has never been found, theoretically. And, or at least gold has never been found, because some people claim to have actually found, found the mine. Mm -hmm. And Julia went broke. She went broke trying to find this thing. Oh. And she would sell maps. <laughs> and so you're having like copy of a copy from memory to a copy being sold. And so a lot of people use these old maps that are probably not accurate mm -hmm. to start searching for this mine. And also, who knows, maybe she was also making it up. Because she wants the mine. So maybe she's yeah. putting in her own clues that could be wrong. Getting people off the scent. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. So one fun, interesting tale is that Herman Petrash, one of the Petrash brothers who was around, he lived until 1953. So he's into you know the modern search time for this mine. And he never told people where he thought it was. There are these local legends that he would sometimes pay for things in gold and wouldn't tell people where he got it from. But he was known to actually go paying for gold. Like he lived in the hills in a shack and like that's what okay. he did for so fun. So he could have just gotten his own gold on his own time. Exactly. He did tell a friend of his, though, that the mine was part of a claim. And so that could be, if that is true, if he knew where it was... Part of the reason he may never have shared that information is legal reasons, because someone else actually has the rights to it. We don't know if that's true or not, but that is part of the story. Uh, also, if he and or Waltz knew of the mine, like if Waltz really had knew of this place and was finding gold there, why didn't he put a claim on it? Why didn't he try to legally mine it? And there is actual legal reasons of why he might not have if it's real. And that's in 1872, there was a law that was passed that you had to be a U.S. citizen mm. to stake a claim. And he was not a citizen, neither were the Petrash brothers. So that could be why he never, you know, kind of took hold of the land and was like, I just have a gold mine now and I'm super wealthy and there we go and everything's legit. Um, but again, all these things are just, we're just uh, making assumptions and speculating. <laughs> So how did this story get out? Like, how did it come out to the public and became more than a local legend? How is it now this huge, huge, huge myth around the American Southwest? And that's what I really wanted to try to find out. And I think I've kind of <laughs> traced it back 
to the start of it. I've already mentioned Julia Thomas selling maps. Yep. That's a big way that it starts to kind of spread into the public. But how did this grow into more than just local legends? And there were some newspaper articles that came out in the 1890s. They weren't super detailed. I mean, they, they kind of were. You can make an argument for that. And it <laughs> fed into the folk tales. But uh, at least one of these started to get reprinted. And I think in San Francisco is where it gets reprinted. So the word starts to spread because of these initial newspaper articles from the area in 1894 and 1895. There's three of them. And they were written by a guy named Pierpot Constable Bicknell, which is one of the wow. coolest names <laughs> ever. <laughs> uh, and he would be, whenever you know you see his name, it's usually P.C. Bicknell, but it was Pierpot <laughs> Constable Bicknell. He would go by Bick, was his, his you know nickname. So just to clarify, uh, I think I kind of rambled over it, but he wrote three articles about okay. the Lost Dutchman Mine in 1894 and 1895. Two of these three articles were, were have been known about for the entire history of this story. There's The third one wasn't found until 2016. Wow. And my reference for that, my source for that, is there's an author named Jack San Felice who, who writes a lot about the Lost Dutchman Mine. And he's he said he never came across this article till 2016. I don't know if any other, other big researchers did or not. Uh, but I believe him because he he knows a lot about the Lost Dutchman Mine, <laughs> and and they're just really interesting. I'm going to read some bits and pieces from these articles. So Bick followed the stories of a mine or this legend of a mine for about ten years before Waltz passed away. So it wasn't it didn't just start when Waltz passed away. There's always been rumors of this like Peralta's family or. Spanish right. conquistadors yeah. or Native Americans having some sort of gold mine or silver mine somewhere. There's just local legends of these kind of things. And uh, when Waltz passed away, Bick Bicknell started interviewing Julia about this story with Jacob Waltz. And he dives into his first article, he dives into some information about Waltz and he mentions that Waltz had a business partner at one point who was also named Jacob. I think he was also a German, German man. And here is what uh, was told to, to Bicknell um, about Waltz. And I, this is a quote from his first article. In a gulch in the su superstitions, there's a two-room house in the mouth of a cave on the side of the slope near the gulch. Just across about 200 yards is a tunnel well covered up and concealed in the bushes. Here is the mine, the richest in the world. Some distance above the tunnel is a shaft. There is, This is covered carefully. The shaft goes right down into the gold where it can be picked off in gold flakes. So... Sounds <laughs> pretty clear where the mine is, I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery solved. Mystery solved. There it is. Well, it's funny you say that. So the author that found this third article from Bicknell, Jack San Felice. He claims to have found the mine. He's one of the many people that are like, I found the mine. <laughs> and he found this supposed house near, you know, in the gulch with the thing. And it, and it actually has Bicknell's name is carved on one of like, because there's like a column that hikers will carve their name in. And Bicknell's yeah. name is carved into it. Um, and, and so it's really interesting. So it might it might actually be near to that. Yes. But not everything is, is as clear 
in these things. Um, so I'm going to read a bit from the the second article here. And some of this I'm actually going to read, or, or the audience will have heard in the intro to the show, but this is a, a, a bit more of this article from Bicknell. And this article was titled, Dutch Jacob's Secret. 56 miles a little southeast of Phoenix, or some 18 miles from Goldfield in the Superstition Mountains, is a mythical mine that may someday prove a reality. More than 30 years ago, or in the early 60s, so the story goes, two German prospectors came to Arizona. And in the secluded spot above mentioned, they found six Mexicans working a rich gold mine. They were mining by the crude Spanish method, but the ore was so rich, the gold so plentiful, that the Dutch prospectors were determined to get possession of the claim. They did so by the speediest method, by killing the Mexicans. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's sad, but it, here's my own little theory of this. I could, first of all, I could easily see people back then, it's, it's completely lawless out there. Oh, absolutely. Doing something like this. However, I'm also thinking about news media in the 1890s when this article was written. And it was very much like today with like clickbait titles. Yeah. Like they really wanted to sell papers and would do anything to do it. So part of me does suspect that there might be some flair to this story just to sell papers. I'm definitely just making an assumption. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, but it is interesting. And if it is true, it doesn't line up with a lot of the tales of Jacob Waltz later on. Like a lot of the tales that spread with Jacob Waltz is he just kind of found this. Or uh -huh. he. there's also some tales that he became friends with one of the Peraltas, which we know also could not necessarily, may not be real. But there are some tales that he became friends with one of those guys. He saved him from like a fight in a gambling hall years <laughs> earlier. And so this Peralta guy like pointed uh, Jacob Waltz to this mine and the superstitions like, hey, I'm going to pay you back for helping me. Here's this gold mine. Uh, I think killing people seems more legit, which is sad yeah. to say, <laughs> than that story. But yeah, it's still it's a it's still a it's an interesting tale and it's still part of this legend. So it has to get shared. Now, the third article was published in 1895 and it's called One of Arizona's Lost El Dorados. And it talks more about this mine. It says it's 50 miles from Phoenix. So already the distances mm -hmm. don't always add up in these articles. <laughs> And it's long been in a, in a number of stories about minor men and it's unanimous info from minors about its location. Um, this article does mention Julia Thomas. It mentions Julia Thomas may have actually misheard some information from, from Jacob Waltz, which is important. Mm -hmm. It also mentions that gold was found on Jacob's property. It doesn't mention gold being under his bed in a chest. It mentions gold being like buried on his property and found in sacks, which I think is very interesting. Um, and here I'm going to read uh, this selection from that article. At the beginning of the Civil War, being at the time in Arizona, and this is in reference to Jacob Waltz, he went over to Sonora to avoid military duty and there made the acquaintance of the Peralta family. They told him they owned a large land grant in that country, which, however, being nothing but a desert, was value, valueless, except for a rich gold mine 
from which they had drawn much wealth. Believing they had lost the title to their grant as a result of the Mexican War, the Peraltas sold to old Jacob for a trifle and the information necessary to enable them to find the mine, and their description of its glittering wealth was sufficient to partner in the shape of another German, also named Jacob, and together they set out for the Superstition Mountains, which even at the early day enjoyed the uncanny reputation indicated by their name. The mm-hmm. initial point mentioned by the Peraltas, the first gorge on the south side from the west end of the range, they found a trail northward over a lofty ridge, thence downward, downward past Sombrero Butte into a long canyon running north. And then it goes on and on with little, some more... If I was Julia getting those directions, I would not be remembering it correctly. I can't. I, I didn't wouldn't remember that. any of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> None of that you is just helpful. told me and I could not repeat it back to you. <laughs> uh, this article, I think I already mentioned this before, but this article does mention that Julia may have misremembered things. Like <laughs> she forgot which way the canyon runs, whether it's like north, south or east, west. It also mentions battling Indians and fighting Mexicans and, you know, all that very... It just makes me think of 1940s and 50s Hollywood cowboys and Indian <laughs> movies, um, those kind of things. But in all this information supposedly came from Julia Thomas. Whew, it's a lot. Just going through those <laughs> articles, Alex, I'm like, I, I'm confused. I've been writing yeah. about this. And I'm just like, this is why this story is so hard. Because I'm like, what? Huh? <laughs> Where are we going? What are we doing? And what happened? Um yeah, so thoughts so far? Questions, comments? I just think, considering the description of where the mine is, like, varies so wildly from even the three <laughs> newspaper articles. And going off, you said there was one version of the myth where it's like the gold wasn't under his bed. It was just, like, buried on his property. So we might not even have him telling Julia exactly where it is. There could just be like multiple mines out there that there isn't one lost Dutchman mine, but there's a mine like 50 feet to the east and a mine following impossible to follow directions down a gorge. And anyone who said they found it, like maybe they have like why I know miners tended to like have multiple places I'd stake a claim to. So yeah, why not now? That's that's interesting because a lot of I've been watching like YouTube videos where people like, oh, we're going to go look for Lost Dutchman Mine. And like people sure. film themselves going out there, uh, which, by the way, I will tease. People do die searching for this mine and we'll cover some of those. And so if you're out there and you want to be a YouTuber and make a video trying to find the mine, please be safe. Please tell people where you're going. Have a buddy do research on what's going on because it is it is a dangerous area just to hike around. Um, but one of the reasons it's dangerous, and this is what I was tying into what you just said, is there are a lot of mines. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shafts and tunnels and mines from from history, like all throughout this place. So I, I hadn't thought of it that clearly before, but I like where you said they could be multiple mines and mm-hmm. it could be multiple shafts. And I'm not a geologist. I'm not a miner. I don't know how how gold forms, you know, over the, the history of the planet. Um, <laughs> but you would imagine if gold is found somewhere in the superstitions that it, it's it got to be in more than one spot, right? Yeah, like, like that's what I would assume. the right word, but multiple threads of gold. Yeah. Veins, I do think they say veins. veins. Yes. I think there is veins. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can tell we're not miners. So, <laughs> yeah. 
But I do think that's interesting. I do think you're right. And I think that's why so many people think they've found it, even if they're not finding gold, because maybe it's not the richest gold vein in the world, like people like to say. Maybe there's just some gold. Uh And and if that's the case, maybe it's already all gone. And so people could be going through these tunnels and shafts and whatever and, and be like, well, it's not the right place. And then some people saying it is. And it's like they could all be kind of right. In, yeah. in, a, in a way. Yeah. So anyway, it's a confusing story so far. <laughs> Hopefully not too confusing to listen to my listeners out there. And again, there's a million variations of all of these stories, including what Julia may have told Bicknell or what Waltz may have told Julia. And again, I'm just trying to sift it through. I'm just trying to sift through the weed, mm-hmm. listening if you're super into this subject and you have different opinions about it all. I actually want to hear them. This has been a fascinating topic. So please email me a study of strange at gmail.com. I would love to know your point of view or your opinion about what may have actually happened. And I do want to also talk about maps because Julia either made a map listening to Waltz or jo- Waltz made a map and it gets destroyed. And then she started making her own maps. There are a lot of maps to the Lost Dutchman mine. You can go on Google and find a bunch of them. I don't know how so many have been created because they're all different. They all have different things. And, you know, again, it's that game of telephone that I come across on the show all the time where I don't think you can use any map in this story whether it's old or not i think the maps are completely worthless to find this mine at this point so i do want to boil this down to two simple points uh waltz was real (laughs) he had some gold how much is debatable two people believed in the mine enough to start searching for it right away those are like the two truths i know like (laughs) that's it jacob waltz was real and had gold people wanted to look for it everything else to me is kind of like yeah like stories and that's what makes it so hard to figure this mystery out now while the search for the lost dutchman mine has captivated treasure hunters for over a century now the start of this becoming more and more well known uh it didn't really start until I think the early 20th century. Like, yes, it started to spread with the newspaper articles and people are looking, but it doesn't actually get more famous until people start going missing and start Ooh. being found dead. Yes. Oh, that was a great reaction, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and the land of the superstition mountains, like I've already mentioned to YouTubers out there, it's it's very unforgiving land. It's a mix of volcanic rock rattlesnakes, cliffs, hidden shafts, ravines, and even experienced outdoorsmen, they they need help out there. It is not it's not easy. And the first missing person that I think made this more of a national story or even international story, <clears throat> excuse me, is Adolf Ruth. And this is in the summer of 1931. Ruth went in search of the treasure. And much like the wild tales of the origin of this mine, Ruth was said to have a connection to the Peralta's family. And he owned supposedly some unique maps with unique things on them that no one else had. So he thought he knew exactly where the treasure was. He goes out there and lo and behold, he disappears. And when he disappears, 
this now gets national news. Articles are being written about it. No one knows what happened to him. It's reinvigorating this legend of the lost Dutchman mine. And then six months later, Ruth's skull was found in the mountains, supposedly with a bullet hole in it. And then months later, the rest of his remains are found uh, scattered by scavengers. Like It's not like there's someone chopped off his head and moved it. It had to have been animals out there. Um, But his maps were missing. His stuff is gone, which, of course, plants the seed for more mystery and intrigue in a lost gold mine, because could he have been killed because he was finding it? Could he have found the mine and someone killed him for the gold? Or is someone protecting the mine, which is what a lot of legends also say? (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Uh, and like a lot of other things, there are variations to the story. Some say that he was not shot, that it wasn't a bullet hole, but most do say that it was a bullet hole. So I, I find that very interesting. There is a legend of a sniper. I just said like some people believe someone out there is protecting it. There's a legend of a sniper because other people have supposedly been shot out there. Um, I'll just briefly mention some other people that have died or gone missing out there. There's a, a gentleman named Tex Bradford in the 1930s. There was a Jesse Kappen, I think I'm saying that right, went missing in 2009. Wow. And there's a, a very scary one, a guy named James Cravey. He was 62 years old. This is the 1940s. And he went out, a helicopter dropped him off. He was so sure he knew where to go. He took a helicopter to like a specific point and then he disappears. And his headless body was found six months later, very similar to Adolf Ruth's story. And... Yeah, so it's it's terrifying. Like it's actually really scary. Caving just seems like a very bad idea. It's terrifying yeah. even without the bullets and the headlessness. I would not be surprised hearing that people are disappearing looking for a secret mine in the mountains. Oh, of course, of course. And this that's just an example. Like there are many others that have gone <laughs> missing in that area. And and not all of them are looking for the mine. Like this is this is an area that is beautiful. People love to hike and adventure, and tragedies do happen. It is it is not the safest thing in the world to do. Caving, by the way, you mentioned that. I am I I do suffer a bit from claustrophobia. So yeah. those people that go deep into caves and mines and crawl through little crevices, and I'm just oh, like, no, yeah. no, that's not for me. I like scary stuff, but that's not that's not the kind of thing I would do. Just for fun, I am going to talk about the Peralta Stones, these supposed stone maps that have clues and things to the mine. Uh, I I should say it's symbols. It's more like symbols painted on them. Uh, It's worth mentioning that there's a gentleman named James Rivas, who in the 1880s, he was making up stories of the Peraltas, which I think also feeds into what people believe about this potentially fictitious family he was making up stories as a way to get land he was claiming he had a connection to this family that used to have all this land in the area and so those claims should be you know continued forth and he should get the land and was just making up stuff he also would draw and carve things into rocks as a way to like show ancient land grants so he actually ended up going to prison for fraud. For <laughs> part of that was making up a genealogy to the Peraltas family. And these stones were supposedly found. Uh, oh, man, when were they found? I didn't write this down. I think it's the 30s. But these stones are found. And on them are strange drawings, hearts, 
things like that. <laughs> very, very serious markings. Yep. And the engravings by believers are that they're very old and they're attributed to Spanish settlers and they use them as like a way to mark these expensive gold areas. And my, uh, there's, they've been in TV shows and people will like, oh, oh, they were carved thousands of years ago, whatever. Uh, most of the experts agree that these are fake. I think yeah. most people would look at them and automatically determine them to be fake. Says to me, they look like 1940s or 50s version, like TV Hollywood versions of what old stones would look like with carvings, yeah. like almost like comic books from the area. Like they're using those types of, of symbols and things. Also, I don't think people's brains work. Like, we're going to hide gold, so let's take two rocks and paint hearts on them and have them <laughs> connect in an interesting way. Like, I just don't think humans actually work like that, except in comic books. Um, and, yeah, and there's also, I'm not going to go super into it, but there is also a family that people believe made it up. So, like, people that know a lot about the stones are like, oh, it's the blah, blah, blah family. <laughs> they were doing all sorts of stuff like this. Or it could be connected to the James Rivas guy I mentioned because mm. he could have made them as part of his other fraudulent activities yeah. in the 1880s. All right. So yeah. I feel like I just like spit out a ton of stuff today, Alex. I hope that <laughs> made sense. <laughs> it did. Good. And uh, yeah, the mine, with the exception of people that claim they found it without gold, the mine is still technically missing being yeah. looked for no one knows where it is it, it does hit upon these things that people love of the american west which is fighting for land <laughs> finding treasure this i say freedom very very much in like i can do whatever i want i don't mean it in like everybody's free we're wonderful i mean it in freedom like freedom. a lawless freedom and and it feeds into that myth that that's grown with the american west um, that I find fascinating. Yeah, I just feel like the myth is beset by so much fraud. <laughs> it's hard to <laughs> get a real hook in it because I'm just picturing Julia being like, well, there's no no mine. I'm just going to start drawing maps and selling them. Maybe the real gold mine was the fake maps we drew along the way. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Well, also... I do feel like that's kind of representative too of of the history of America in a way moving mm -hmm. westward is it's like we're just going to make up stuff like yeah. that land should be ours because manifest destiny. Mhm. Mm that's just wealth built on stories. <laughs> so do you think there is gold in in them their hills by any chance? I think there was. I'm probably Ooh. of the camp, like I said before, that there were probably several mines and they've been mined out. Yeah. And we found them. Yeah. <laughs> I say, I, anyone I... who says they found it, I'm choosing to believe them. There's no reason to think it wasn't one of the veins coming through. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely, I think I'm on the exact same page. I think there's so many different you know shafts and things and people digging around for forever that i think there could have been gold even though geologists say it's not the right type of you know makeup of rocks and things to create gold but i do think there there could easily be some mines in there 
there's enough reference to it. And even I've, I've referenced it in one of the comments I made early in the episode, but there's an area called Goldfield, which had gold, which is not that far away. Yeah. So there could even be a mix up of like maybe Jacob Waltz or someone else had a gold mine, yeah. but it wasn't right in the superstitions. It was right outside of it. Love it. Um, and there could be a mix up with that. Also, there is a world too where Jacob just made it up. He could have yeah. made it up. So, yeah, it's just sort of story on top of story on top of story until you get a a a soup of tons of legends and none Fair of right. them really make sense. <laughs> There's nothing more American than that. There you go. Believing fully uh, in something that doesn't quite make sense. I'll say despite the beheading, I feel a very strong urge to go hiking in the Superstition Mountains. Yeah, I do too. It's really funny doing this kind of stuff where I'm like, I want to go I want to go out there really yeah. bad. Uh, I definitely would. And I do like hiking and I do like kind of desert exploring. So um, I would love that, but not for very long. And I'm yes. definitely not going in any caves I find. That is not for me. Yeah. And I hope there's no snipers out there. So, uh, any parting words, Alex? Anything you want to you want to mention? I could put links to your website and stuff in the show notes. Uh, just that it's always fun to hear another superstitious, slightly speculative tale. Still, so many questions about it: who the sniper is, why they would be guarding the gold, what's going on there. So, yeah, why not just stuff. take the gold and yeah, versus not guarding. have to stay out there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a question. I'm sure someone has a theory for that. Uh, well, thank you so much, Alex. I, I really enjoy you being on this and just listening to me ramble about <laughs> some myths in the American Southwest. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to A Study of Strange. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to shows. Your feedback not only helps me work on the show and improve myself and the episodes, but it helps others find the show. And also don't forget, I have announced this on, on the previous episode, but we now have a Substack where I get to explore and share strange stories and strange mysteries that don't necessarily make it to air. It has a bunch of exclusive content for those that sign up for it. You can find it at a study of strange.substack.com or through our website, a study of strange.com in the support tab. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, good night.